Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. Amen, amen, amen. Praise the Lord. Praise God. I want you to stand up. The Lord wants me to tell you something. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. And the Lord is is wanting me to tell you that um, things that that concern you, the thing that's concerning you, is something that is not is not reversing quickly the way you would like it to. And the Lord said that there is a reason for that. There's a God reason for that. And the Lord is saying that if you will just continue to believe him and hold on, you're going to see miraculous and mighty things happen. The Lord says, I'm working in in high places on your behalf. I'm working in the government on your behalf, says the Lord. I'm working in the Congress on your behalf, says the Lord. I'm working in high places to bring not only help to yourself, but help and refreshing to many, many others who have been uh, oppressed by the enemy and who have not been treated fairly by the financial powers that be. And so the Lord is saying that this thing will reverse and you will prevail and you will come out with what I told you you would have, says the Lord. You will not be shortchanged in any respect. And the Lord says, I'm working on it and I will take care of it. And that's my word to you, says the Spirit of the living God. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Okay, a little bit. If you can stand, you stay standing and I'll lay hands on your husband first. Praise the Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Miss Adrian, you come up and put a chair, let her stand in front of this chair. Praise God. I've gotten myself entangled in my flowers. Praise the Lord. You got it on? Got the machine? Okay, sorry about that. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Well, Lord's saying that, that He wants you to know that He is taking care of you. And he just wants you to understand that you can trust him. You can trust me, says the Lord, for I've had my eye on you and I'm looking out for you in things seen and unseen, says the Spirit of God. And look to me and me only, says the Lord. He says, if you will look to me first and look to me only, the things that you desire will come quick, more quickly. They will be prosperous things. For the Lord is saying that uh, there is a, a situation that happens to you when you're blessed. Then immediately the enemy comes and starts diminishing, says the Lord. And he says, right now I break that curse off of you in the name of Jesus. But you've got to trust me says the Lord. Me and me alone, says the Spirit of the living God. Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. 
Who's saying what about me? Somebody said. <laughs> Everybody, what about me? Oh, come on up. What about me? <laughs> all right. Who else is the what about me person? We can't get all y'all up here one time. Praise the Lord. What about me? Here, pull this chair over for her a little bit, Mr. Gary. Yeah, pull your little chair over. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise. That's not the only one. Who else? You? Who else? What about me? Okay. Praise God. Praise. <laughs> you too. <laughs> you got yours. Pray the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hey, hey, stand there. Don't keep wandering around now. Thank you, Jesus. When I start coming towards you, stay put, okay? Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Well, the Lord said the blessing is like a cloud. You've got to stay under it. The Lord says stay under it until you get my release in it. Stay under the cloud. Don't move with your own ideas and things that you think are going to work. But stay under the cloud so that I know where you are and I can send the blessing to you. The Lord is saying before I can even send it to you, move out from under it. So stay under the cloud. Stay under the peace of God. Don't let restlessness and lack of faith move you. But stay under the cloud of blessing so that I can release it to you says the spirit of the living God. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Okay, me. Look at here. Look, 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 look. Look at him. Coming out the woodwork. Look, look, look. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Well, you know prophetic jealousy is good. We all need to be jealous to have God talk to us and and bless us. So that's okay. It's part of being his child. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. The Lord is saying you're another one who kind of tends to disconnect a little bit, says the Lord. And and the Lord's saying that, that I give you good ideas. But the Lord's saying I'm moving them so they can be perfect ideas. And the Lord is saying let me perfect that which is in your heart to do let me show you the perfect way and let me show you the perfect plan and just stay with me until i give you that perfect thing that's in your heart that you want to do the lord says that there are some good things that you desire and then there's some perfect things that somehow you you tend to think that that you won't be able to get those but the lord says i put that in your heart and i'm going to give you those perfect things so just stay with me and understand that I have the perfect thing for you, the perfect situation, the perfect job, the perfect hours, the perfect place, perfect people to work with, 
so that your efforts can be appreciated and so that they can do everything that I've ordained for them to do in the earth. But stay with me, says the Lord, and believe me, because what I put in your heart that is for you, I put it there and I plan to bring it to pass. So just trust me, thank me for it on a regular basis, and I'll bring it to pass for you, says the Spirit of the living God. Thank you, Jesus. Bless our Lord. Praise you, Jesus. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Oh, one more. Okay. Miss Wanalo. I will pray for you. Praise God. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Well, the Lord is saying that he's giving you a new vision. It says, forget everything that you think you've been working on in the old, but I give you a new vision. New things I have for you, greater things, says the Lord. Great things, great doors to open up for you, says the Spirit of God. And the Lord is telling me that your focus is probably not really converged with his the right way uh he says your focus has been a little small it's always on the next thing that you can see but the lord said the things of the spirit are unseen so he's saying let me put in you what i prepared for you and that's what i'm going to bring to pass saith the lord bigger things greater things always bigger things and greater things bigger things than you've imagined in the past and greater things, says the Spirit of the living God. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And somebody else. Who else? Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. So come here, Lashon. It's probably you. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I think it's you. Thank you, Jesus. Koreandaria, Shia Handaya, Sikiriandaria. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Well, the Lord is saying this. Um, thank you, Jesus. He's saying to you not to get weary and not to get complacent. And the Lord is asking me this question. He says, where have you been? He said, I liked it when you used to bug me about things and ask me about everything. And when are you going to do this for me, Daddy? And when am I going to get this? And 
when am I going to get that and what's going on. The Lord's saying, that's a stirring in your spirit that I put in there. And I always answer your questions and I always reassure you that I have what you are desiring. I have what you need. And the Lord is saying, I still want to give it to you, but I want you to talk to me and I want you to tell me what you want. And I want us to discuss these things together and make plans, says the Spirit of God. And don't get weary and don't get complacent and don't get satisfied. That's what it is. He said satisfaction with the status quo sometimes can mean discouragement for your future and he doesn't want you to get discouraged but he wants you to keep heart and he's saying daughter keep heart keep excited about what i put in your spirit because it is not far away if you will keep it before you keep talking about it keep thinking about it keep making plans for it and not get discouraged then i can work with that and i'll bring it to pass says the spirit of the living god thank you jesus praise you lord hallelujah praise god 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 Praise the Lord. Praise God. Well, prosperity requires change. Oftentimes, the change is better on the end before you receive it. See, it's better to do the changing so that when you, and, and you change to more prosperous ways, and that way when the wealth accumulates, then you will be in a position to handle it better and manage it better. You know, it does require change. So that, uh, you know, rich people look for other rich people to get hooked up with. They don't look for nobody broke, y'all. Huh? Rich people is allergic to broke people, I'll tell you. They travel in their own circle. So, And it's because of that that the management aspect of it is so important. So, so God wants to make those necessary changes in us so that we can gear our spirits to reach out for that that he has for us. Amen? Praise God. All right. You can click it off. thank you for your um, your readiness to help us and to encourage us and bless us with your speaking and your words and words that we can believe and have faith and confidence in uh, so we thank you father for giving us confidence in you through your word that your word will not return to you without accomplishing what you set it out to do this day and every day in Jesus name amen <clears throat> so we were talking about what happens when the ministry of the watchman comes forth and uh, when that ministry is um, <clears throat> released into the earth. Uh, it's always there. Let me just say that every ministry that God ordained from the beginning of, of life has always been there. The ministry of the prophet is one of the oldest ones. Of course, you know, God operated as a prophet in the garden with the man and the woman. His voice was what sustained them and kept them. And so the voice of God has always been here. Uh, as as <clears throat> life progressed and people progressed, uh, God ordained the voices of men to influence one another with his word and so the office of the prophet is is probably it is the oldest office either the prophet or the priest and often they were the same but in the old testament you'll see priests very early and you see prophets very early 
in the history of God's people. Uh, so Noah was a prophet. You know, you see him as early as, as during that time. He warned people. <clears throat> the Bible says, and he passed judgment, his faith passed judgment on their unbelief. And so that magnitude of, of faith comes uh, because of relationship with God. You know, Enoch was a prophet. He walked with God, the Bible says, one day, and he just went home with God. And so there have always been the select and the elect in God's kingdom to bring forth his message and to uh, announce God's doings among the people. So all of these offices are, are and gifts have been released into the earth, but God has a plan for certain work to be carried out and he needs certain ones to be called up for service during that time. So um, we're living in an age now, we're living in a prophetic age and we're living in an apostolic age. And um, I remember <clears throat> listening to someone teach about what happens when we have God releases new knowledge into the earth or revives dormant knowledge. Uh, in the earth the generation that hears it oftentimes uh, uh, many people will only get the shallow end of of any message from God and there are few people who will get the depth of understanding of it and carry it out but you have so many people who only get the shallow end of it that God has to bring forth people to bring the announcement again fresh and new so that people's understanding can be clear uh, in what they're trying to perceive. And I think the office of the prophet, the apostle, and the ministries that come out of those offices, uh, there's a lot of shallow uh, to it now so that people have only just a very vague understanding of what these offices entail and don't really you know they all have bibles you know this is the perplexing thing and (laughs) you know it does it baffles me sometimes they didn't get what they're doing out of the bible how can they call it the same thing you know and so you know if you understand real and you understand the real move of God's spirit uh, you will understand what I'm talking about because oftentimes people just really want to put titles on themselves and and um, you know want to carry out kind of a a, I don't know a very shallow interpretation of God's um, ministry in those things so one of the reasons that the watchman comes forth is to bring correction and adjustment to the direction that the body of Christ is headed. And we are again in those times where <clears throat> we need a great deal of correction and understanding in the direction that the church is going. So when the ministry of the watchman comes forth, he comes forth to correct people's misunderstanding and misinterpretation of the move of God so that the move of God goes according to God's plan and not man's because people will ask well what makes you think that you're the one who's supposed to do this well you have a mandate from God and you understand what God has told you and you have scriptural validation for what you are doing and it follows the word 
We don't have to argue about who's called to do what and whether you're truly this or truly that. We all know how to read signs. And signs always point to something. Paul said the signs of the apostle were worked were evident in my ministry. So we need evidence. And so if the evidence is not there, if the signs are not there, then that ain't what it is. <laughs> Just as plain as that. And so I think there there needs to be a great deal of correction in this area because people tend now to want to hang a title on themselves and, and you know, they're not even doing what they say they're doing on a lay ministry level you know on the level of a layman so they they haven't perfected the believers ministry on a lay layman's level yet Um, and then after you've done that then the office is established in you but everything that comes into your life comes as a seed you know when we set our second watch here I just called it a second watch I didn't call myself an apostle but that's exactly what it is. It's apostolic work. Nobody invited me here. See, apostles don't move by invitation. They move by command. Prophets too. So I didn't have to have a church sponsor me and buy me a ticket and come here and let's start another work. So we can put titles on each other. God sent me. And he sent me as a housewife who was just following her husband's job promotion. You see. And so when God does something like that, he must want you to understand that he knows what he's doing and you don't have to have a title and you have to announce things to people in order to to be doing what he wants you to do. So these things are very important because the work that you establish has to be a sustainable work and it has to be a consistent work. And it has to be a work that you govern in some way. So God taught us how to govern our two different meetings so that the work was was mirrored in each one. You don't give a church to somebody else and let them do what they want to do there and you call yourself an apostle. Just, just crazy. Why get involved at all? You know, if you, just your name's on it, see, makes no sense. So <clears throat> you have to build on your own foundation. And what you're building has to be what God told you to build. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot of work. You don't want to have ten churches under your covering. You know, because you can be bopping around. You can be very busy. You know, I mean, it's it's enough just to do what you do. Now, if you look back in, in, the, um, in the book of Acts, if you look at the area that, that Paul traveled in to establish churches, he went from, from Europe where they were. They started in, in, uh, in, um, in Greece. Where were they? In Jerusalem when they had the upper room? Where was that? Jerusalem. But shortly he went across the sea and he went over into Europe. But he just traveled around that basic area. Anybody, anywhere he can get by foot or by water, that's the area that he went into. And because of persecution, oftentimes most of the apostles just ran back to Jerusalem. 
see, or they would run back to some little safe area. So they never got too far away from where they were supposed to be. And for good reason, they couldn't manage, quote unquote, the whole earth. So as the gospel is preached from generation to generation, they were able to let other people then carry in their generation the next level of the gospel so god didn't mean literally for those 70 people or 120 people there to cover the whole of the earth in that generation but the gospel has spread by the spirit of god and god raising up people to hear that message and then go forth from there but he does mean for everybody throughout the whole world to hear the gospel what he meant when he said that was that this is not just for the Jew anymore because that is the way it was always looked at. He said it's for everybody now. It's for the whole world. And so as as the generations have, have come and gone, the gospel has been preached because by God by his spirit then raises up people and he begins to speak to them just like he did the prophets of old. So generally the first office that's called into being is the prophet or what we call the apostle prophet now because they have the declaration of the message but they are sent ones they are sent ones and they are sent by command of god and not invitation by the denomination or anything else like that so man's hand print is missing from the one who is truly sent by God. And that's the way God wants it. The less of man's handprint we have in things, the purer it is. I was reading over the prophecy that we got about the the revival not being televised. And one of the reasons is because man's handprints are all over what's on television. You know, you can fix it up. You can make it look like what you want it to be and, you know, get a facelift and a lipo and a whatever, whatever, whatever. So that whatever, you know, we call it excellence, you know, or people call it excellence, but it's just false. So when God begins to to spread the message that he has, he doesn't need help from television. He never has and he never will. Now if he chooses to use that, then he'll use that. But he doesn't need it. Doesn't need it. God always knows how to get his work done. He will get his work done. So the gross darkness that's covering the earth now eventually finds its way into the church. So that the light of God gets more and more dim we notice a worldliness in the church a desire for the things of the world and an imitation of the world so that's why television gets a little a little iffy for people because they people on television tend to come under the influence of people who manage that type of stuff and they're always concerned about your image and how you look to people 
And so as though people can't look beyond what they see in the natural and hear the spirit of God that's coming out of you. You know, we we laugh at that notion now, but that's always been the way it was. You know, the Apostle Paul would would make excuses for himself or explanation for himself. Sometimes he said, I was with you in weakness and trembling. And, you know, in other words, I was just a normal person just like you who's called to deliver the message of the gospel. You know, he said, my my speaking was not with excellency of man's wisdom. That means that you don't have to have all your words correct. You know, God can look beyond that. But see, we tend to think those ideas are foolish now because we we want to project some other kind of image, you know, about who we are as Christians. And and really, we are just a voice in the earth. You know, nothing more, nothing less. We're not a face. We're a voice. We're not a picture image. We're a voice. So... You should be more concerned about what you say than what you look like to people. You know, it's much more important. I kind of laugh sometimes, you know, <laughs> these people on TV, about how God transformed them in the inner workings and they had a facelift. And I'm saying, well, what's, what kind of hypocrisy is this? You know, I mean, really, when you think about it, come on, it's just, what did he, if he's done so much on your inner, and that's so important. That's the real you. You know, the inner man is the real you. You know, they're big on saying that and how God transforms you. Well, why are you so worried about, you know? But it's it's this, this you know, contradiction that makes it hard for the Spirit of God to really move in power and in through people. Because if you're really concerned about appearance, you're not going to let the Spirit of God move you and move through you the way that he needs to especially when it comes to the miraculous because the working of miracles will make you look foolish like nothing else will especially among people who who are looking in the in the flesh and so when you're <clears throat> you want to look good because you're afraid people are looking in the flesh and you don't want to disappoint them you may wind up disappointing god so at least for this coming move of God, it looks like God is going to bypass <laughs> the television. So I'm going to read you this prophecy that, that he gave us in uh, 2000, April 15th, 2000. It says, a new spirit I'm releasing into the earth. A new spirit I'm releasing in a new spirit. A new spirit. A new spirit. A new spirit says the spirit of God. It is a spirit of great holiness cleansing purity it is a burning fire a spirit of repentance it is a spirit to draw you back to your first love it is a spirit to draw you out of the confusion of the world and the confusion of the religious game players and the confusion of the mass media even the mass media as it attempts to preach the gospel says the spirit of the living god for the revival will not be televised the revival will not play, take place by television, says the Spirit. But the revival will take place in the hearts of many who just desire me, says the Spirit of God. 
The revival will take place in the hearts of those who long for me, says the Spirit. For great brokenness will come on my people, says the Spirit of God. For they will be broken and they will be spilled out. There will be a great spilling out of what's in you that you've allowed to creep in, said the Spirit, that has never been dealt with. Things of old that have laid dormant inside of you. There will be a great breaking. There will be a great pouring out, no longer bottled up. But a pouring out, says the Spirit. There will bring, bring it will bring well, where I will bring great release to my people, great healing. For you are being broken open by the balm of Gilead, and there is a great physician in your midst, said the Lord. Great healing will come forth in my people, says the Lord. Great understanding and great compassion will be poured in, says the Spirit. A great revival of love of God and love for humanity will come forth. A great revival of compassion. A great revival of the fruit of love. A great revival of the fruit of joy and the fruit of peace, says the Spirit of God. And a great brokenness my people will carry with them, says the Spirit of God. A great desire to see men brought up into a level of dignity that I've called them to, says the Spirit. A great compassion for those who are without and a great compassion for people who are outside of my covenant, says the Spirit of God. A great compassion for those who are ignorant and for those and a great compassion for those who are arrogant, says the Spirit of God. For this Spirit that I am sending to the earth will cause an instant brokenness will cause instant repentance, will cause an instant, instant understanding of who God is, and will cause me, will cause an instant understanding of God in their midst, says the Lord. It will cause an instant awareness of me. It will cause an instant, 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 and instant deliverance of a soul over into the kingdom, says the Spirit. And I must prepare your vessel to carry this ointment. Says the Lord, I must prepare the alabaster box, says the Spirit, for you are the alabaster box, says the Spirit of God. You are the rock that is carved out of the rock, Christ Jesus, and you are the one to carry this precious anointing, this costly anointing. And if you will allow me and you will let me, I will cause a great brokenness to come into your life, and I will cause a great compassion to come to you, says the Lord. A great boldness to carry this compassion to where it needs to be. A great discernment to know who to minister to, says the Spirit of Grace. For I have longed to see this day where I could restore this great costly anointing into the hearts of my people. For many times I release it into the earth. And because of men's desires and men's strivings and men's competition, I have to lift it, says the Spirit of Grace. Because it is a consuming fire and it has to be carried carefully. But I am releasing it again and again and again and again into the earth because this is the power that everybody knows needs to come, says the Lord. But it will not come to the powerful. It will come to the humble. It will come to those who know how to stay on their face until they get the right thing and not run off with a false thing. Who know the difference between the true and the false. Who know the difference between my leading and a false leading, says the Spirit. It will come to those that I have developed in my grace and my understanding of what is to come, says the Spirit. It will come to those who desire to see even those who have hurt them born again. Even those who have defiled them and those who have abused them born again. Even those who have rejected them born again. Where the lion does lay down with the lamb, says the Spirit. There will be that kind of harmony when this anointing comes into the earth. And it is for those who have a vision to see that happen to them. 
first in you, then in the other most parts of the earth, says the Spirit of the living God. So this brokenness is coming, says the Lord, even in greater measure. It's coming, says the Lord. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. And it will be, bring great supplication and much prayer. It is a spirit of much intercession and supplication and prayer, says the Spirit of God. Much intercession and supplication and prayer, says the Spirit of God. Where your soul is converted. Where your soul understands how to tarry with me for an hour. Where your soul understands what I am bringing for you to do, says the Spirit of God. And will, it will not be a religious thing. And it will not be a formal thing. But it will be a moving of my spirit over the whosoever, says the Spirit of the living God. So yes, the change is coming. Yes, the change is upon you. Yes, the change is even here, says the Spirit of God. The change is here. It is here. Yes, it is here. And it is here for you, that you might partake of it and receive everything that I have for you, says the Spirit of the living God. Can you tarry with me one hour? says the spirit can you tarry with me can you spend an hour with me where your mind doesn't wander and you don't think about what you want can you tarry with me one hour says the spirit of god and if you can and if you can wait in my presence and meditate in my word and meditate on me says the spirit of god i will cause such a brokenness and a pouring out in you says the spirit but i must have those who know how to wait with me who know how to spend time with me, who are not rushed and not pushed by the things they want to do, but who only wait for my words, says the Spirit. Can you tarry with me one hour, says the Spirit of God, for one hour, yielded, totally yielded to me, says the Spirit, will make all the difference in the world. It will make up for all the 15 minutes, all the running around, and all the things that you do that you consider spiritual, says the Spirit of God. It will make all the difference, says the Lord. For I need those who know how to wait with me, who know how to expect and what to expect, who know how to believe that their waiting is not in vain, says the Lord, who know how to believe that I will deliver if they will devote that time to me, who know how to tarry with me, says the Spirit of the living God. Praise God. Amen. So the key is always greater reliance upon God. And that is the ministry of the watchman is is that by definition that the watchman waits before God. You are waiting for something. You are watching for something. You are watching for the message from God. And you are waiting for the message from God. So watching and waiting is what we're called to. In Habakkuk chapter 2, the prophet was perplexed about some things. He was perplexed about all the sin that he saw. And he saw a sinful people, the Chaldeans, who were very cruel and they were ruling over the people of God. And that's always sometimes how revivals start. People see things, watchmen see things that don't line up with the word of God. And it perplexes them. It concerns them. Whereas, you know, other people aren't disturbed by it at all and could care less about it. The watchman sees and he gets bugged by it. God, if we're the people of God, 
why is it like this where is this heaven why is this why is this so prominent why are people doing these things and how are they able to have so much wickedness prevail and why don't people want to attend church and why do people always give you excuses that they're saved and you know they're not saved and what's the deal here and so when you get to that place of questioning god be ready for him to give you an answer and to tell you what your response needs to be because he will certainly answer you and he will also tell you what you need to do so the person who does the questioning must make himself available to be part of the answer and sometimes the reason we don't get an answer from god is that we're not really willing in our hearts to do our part to be a part of the answer for instance when um i think I had his name in front of me for a minute. Um, in the book of Judges, who was the guy who was the judge, was stealing barley and barely had enough to Gideon, yeah. When he asked the Lord, where are the miracles and where is the this and where is the that? And God called him a mighty man of valor. Mm-hmm. Well, what God was saying is that the problem is I don't have anybody who's willing to get up and fight. And he answered Gideon's problem. Gideon saw in himself that he felt inadequate. He felt weak. And that's why God called him a mighty man of valor. Because God said that's what I need. I need strong people who are going to stand up and make a difference. And that's what God's always needed. People who are willing to stand up and let God fight for them. And let God fight through them and trust God and rely on God. But to do whatever was necessary to do to affect the appropriate change. And sometimes we as a church get way too comfortable with what we see. And we kind of tend to shrink back and let the people who are making all the noise, you know, and all the buzz, even though we know it's carnal and we know it's a little crazy. Sometimes we just shrug our shoulders and accept it instead of continuing to stand unwavering in the way that we see Christianity. I was um, usually I I try to keep Miss R from (laughs) a lot of stuff, you know, she bogarts everything, you know, little kids, they're just so interested in everything and. You know, anything new and novel, they just want to learn about it. And so I was, I had uh, gotten this gospel DVD and I was going to watch it. I said, well, I'll just put it in my computer and watch it, you know. So, of course, I had it on and she, you know, did her little knocking on, on my door, and, you know. So I know that rap, you know, you can't just turn her away. So I said, let her in. And so she was sitting there. Well, she said, Baba, what's this? You know, who is this? And I said, she said, what kind of music is this? And I said, it's church music. It's church music? Baba, it doesn't sound like church music to me. And as they went from one video to the next, she said, where is this at? I said, it's in a church. That doesn't look like a church to me. Hmm? Who are all those people? What are they doing? You know, and so it's it's a little telling. Huh? It's a little telling. So at least I felt good that I felt like, well, she's got a standard. 
inside of her from what we do because I guess if we were doing the same thing she wouldn't know the difference huh? but most of it wasn't reverent toward God you know and a lot of the dress wasn't respectful and you know the things that they do you know calling them calling it worship is not worship and it's not praise it's not unto God it's unto men you know and so we have to be careful folks that we you know when people are new in the Lord they're going to be somewhat carnal but I'm telling you when the Holy Ghost gets a hold of you you don't do certain things anymore you know your dress changes your conversation changes your your wants and your desires change all of that changes just changes folks so some of that stuff is is not ever going to be acceptable to god too much like the world because we're a little too insecure in ourselves as christians to want to look different so that we can stand and make a difference where will the world go when they're in trouble if we are doing the same things that they do where are they going to go where are they going to go and if they don't accept your your words and, and your answer for them then they have to deal with God on it you know don't don't get you know upset about it they don't want to hear what you have to say but you know just stay with what God gives you stay with what you and your heart know is the right thing to do so in Habakkuk chapter 2 in verse 1 he says I will stand upon my watch set me upon a tower and will watch to see what he will say unto me and what I shall answer when I am reproved now this is the problem people come down from the tower they prefer to live their Christianity on a carnal level instead of on a spiritual level so the watchman has to commit to be positioned where God says to be positioned now the tower is both for vantage the higher you go up the more you can see and the broader (coughs) your vision is but the higher you go up the more you're like him positionally that high tower is also a place of refuge for you where the enemy can't get you so he's watching first for the Lord for God's words so the tower then would be a place in the spirit where you can hear God's voice and you can understand what he's saying so this is definitely the prophet's office speaking so then God did speak to him he said I'm going to set me right here can you tarry with me one hour can you wait in my presence can you abide in the spirit with me long enough for me to give you something see people who are not positioned properly will get their information but they will get it from a lesser level 
So those are the people who always have the tail end or the shallow understanding of the move of God and run off and try to recreate it in some artificial way. So the vision shouldn't be made plain enough so that anybody who reads it can run with it. But they have to run with the vision. They have to read the vision. Now there are many people grabbing and running with messages, but they didn't get them from God. So the desire to run with something you hear is from God. But you got to hear it from God in order to run with the right thing. So the difference is paying the price to get it from God or from the messenger of God. Because God is telling him to write this vision and make it plain so that anybody who reads it can run with it. So it's not for a specific denomination and it's not for a specific group of bishops or for this group or that group. But anybody who reads it can run with it. should be plain enough so that it can be imparted to anybody. Because you don't know who God's going to choose and who he's going to move on and who wants to pay the price or anything like that. So it's open to all. So any prophecy, the Bible says it comes of God, is not for private interpretation. It can be interpreted by the Holy Spirit to whomever wants to hear it. So that's why you publish what you preach and what you write and what you have available. You make it available to whomsoever so that it's made very plain so people can run with it. And it is yet for an appointed time. Not everything that you pray for comes to pass very quickly or in a short period of time. There is an appointed time for everything that God has ordained to come to pass. And you all know it can't come all to pass at one time. It's for an appointed time. In the end it will speak and not lie. Hmm? Though it tarry, wait for it, for it will surely come. It will not tarry forever. Hmm. And he talks about people whose souls are lifted up in them. So you're going to see a lot of people running around in the shallows of a move of God. But the just people live by faith. We believe God and we believe that until we see the real thing, we don't move. You don't move until God brings about what he said he would bring. He talks about people who continue in darkness and continue in sin. He says, woe to those individuals. So don't get jealous of the preachers on television with the facelift, Barb. true it's true you know that's what it means in our day and age because there's great temptation to send some tapes to the right person to the right 
individual. That's how they all get on there. You know, it's the buddy system. And so it's it's totally possible, you know, to get with that camp of people and make yourself known and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And, and so that you can move in those circles. But the just shall live by faith. So you've got to be believing that God will get you <clears throat> to the right place at the right time doing the right thing. Hmm? He doesn't care how old you are or how young you are. He will get you there. <laughs> Verse 14. The end result is that the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the seas. Now there's a lot of knowledge of God's ways in the world now. The world's very smart concerning the ways of God. If you look at even some of the children's programs, you know, I'll just listen to some of this stuff and they talk about your words have power and, you know, all of this kind of thing. But they don't talk about the word of God as being what you want to wield. You know, if you're going to if your words do have power, just saying nice things is not the answer. You know, the answer is you've got to use the word of God in order to change this earth so that people will survive and they'll be able to do all the things that they desire to do. So there is a lot of knowledge of how to succeed, how to prosper, how to use your faith and your confidence and your words to get you ahead. But they don't tell you how to be born again. It's the only way it's going to work. And it's going to succeed. You have to come right back to that again. The ministry of the watchman is God word. G-O-D-W-A-R-D. God word. And it is focused on the life of prayer. Watching and prayer. The focus toward God is to stand waiting for the assignment. So prayers are assigned. And that assignment is not to be broken. Because we are held accountable for what we are doing. You're accountable to God for your watch. See, the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. It's very foolish to think you can be assigned something by God and then make an excuse for why you can't do it. Hmm? No, is God stupid? I mean, (laughs) it's no excuse. Huh? You don't do it because you're foolish. See, you don't really believe. See, there's a place where you have to accept these things by faith with no feelings, no nudgings, no nothing. And this is one of the things that you must accept by faith. That God is holding you accountable for these prayers. You may not think much of it. And you may not think much of them. 
but God does. And he holds you accountable for them. So there is a a reward and a uh, um, non-reward system for not being accountable to God when he gives you an assignment. So your accountability is to God. The direction of your prayer is to God and your reward comes from God. So it's a between you and God thing when you're a watchman. So you need to understand what God wants from you and what he expects and what he's required of you. As Habakkuk said, he said, I will set me upon a tower and watch to see what he will say to me and what I shall answer when I am reproved or called to give an account. What are you going to say in the day of accounting? And it's not like at the end of your life and there's some big surprise. You go to kindergarten in heaven or something. But the accountability comes down here on earth too. So that he can do something while you're yet down here. See, and be thankful for that. That he'll correct you and help you to understand how to take your assignment seriously. Don't get into strife over you can't find your prayer partner. Or they don't call you back. Or why should I always be the one who has to call them and they don't call me. Baby stuff. Because God gives you a divine appointment, keep it. See, the grace to do these things is greatest if you will keep your set time. You have more grace on your set time than on trying to get another time. That's true. So you let other things come in and be more important to you than God. That's just the truth of it. People don't like it when you say stuff like that, but that's really what it is. We are people who use great plainness of speech. So you don't get confused about what you're doing. You didn't get too busy or you didn't miss God. You just didn't. You put something ahead of him. True. People do it all the time. And pretty soon you'll slip to the point where God just doesn't want to be bothered with you much anymore. Because he can't trust you. He can't count on you. So you know he won't bug you about anything. He'll move on and give the assignment to someone else. I believe everybody who comes to these meetings is called by God. I don't believe he just sends curiosity seekers. But you can see many people don't ever hear the call. They come and leave. Because they don't take God seriously. There's a foolishness there where they believe everything they do for God is voluntary on their part. Like you're doing God a favor, you know, and you're not really compelled or called. But there's a call on my life. Huh? I got a call on my life. Got a great call on my life. Sit down and pray. We all do. We're all called to the dinner table. 
But there are great seats and there are small seats. <laughs> there's the box seats and the cheap seats. <laughs> there's the loge and there's the, you know, nosebleed section. It's true. In every great house, there are many vessels, some to honor, some to. Hello. So you want to be honorable vessels. And the honor really comes by it's it's up to you. You know, do you honor God? You're really willing to drop what you're doing and run off and follow him. Every prophet that was ever called dropped what they were doing immediately and went after him. You see it over and over and over. You see it with the disciples. They dropped what they were doing and followed him. Anybody who hesitated was left behind. It did God calls you, he expects you to respond. Follow him like you're going to get a whooping if you don't. Just like you responded to your mother when she goes, if I don't do I'm going to get a whooping. Follow him like that, you won't go wrong. <laughs> so God wants our full attention. So that he can make us accountable, give us work to do for him, which is important work. These are not just written down prayers. But they are directed at principalities and powers. And I think if you will see it that way, you'll have more fervor in your prayer. You will have more faith in what you're praying. And you'll be able to see the results and the vision come to pass. You'll be able to see it. God does not. He's not splashy and flashy. You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> he really isn't. But he just wants to get his work done. And he works through humble people. He works through the humble. He resists the proud. But he gives grace to the humble. So if we will stay with the vision, stay with God in it, and understand our accountability to God, then we'll be able to be faithful watchmen unto the coming of the Lord. That's what we want to see. We want to see the move of God come. We want to see the Lord come. If we're in that generation where he returns to earth, the watchman will have the privilege of being the first ones to see that and to, amen, to warn the body of Christ to get ready because he is coming. Amen. Why don't we stop now? Father, we thank you for allowing us insight and understanding into our call and into the work that you are have us working in. To be serious about it, Lord, and to desire to carry this out and carry it forth. So we thank you, Father, in Jesus' name, for the sober understanding of the move of God and what you require from us as vessels made unto honor to carry your word and to complete your work here in this earth. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. Amen, amen, amen.